Welcome to Connection with Brian and Nicole Wright. Hi, welcome back to Connection with Brian and Nicole. We are so glad that you're back or you're here for the first time. Either way, it's awesome. And it's going to be a great day. We've got another great message today on biblical finances. I encourage you, go back and watch last week's episode or watch this episode again and again and again because it's going to be that good. (laughs) You can do that on connectionshow.org. So um, when you go there, leave us a message. Let us know where are you watching from? What questions do you have? Um, What did you like about it? What are some things you'd like to see again? We want to hear from you. We want to connect with you. That was deep. (laughs) So... Before I get myself in trouble, we're going to jump right in here. (laughs) So last week we talked about biblical finances and how it is really just the basics of Christianity. Um, And if we can be faithful in the small, God will make us rulers over much. So let's jump in. And we've got a couple of verses I wanted to read to you just to kind of recap what we discussed last week. But it was 3 John 1, 2. And it says, Beloved, I pray that in all respects that you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. And so we talked about in that verse, you see that God is wanting to prosper you in every aspect. It's not just spiritual because he ends it with spiritual. He says, even as your soul, but he says he wants to prosper you in all respects and he wants you to be in good health. So that's physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, in every way. Your ditty won't you prosperous. And then in 2 Corinthians 9, 8, it says, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that always, having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. You know, and in this verse here, you really have to just not want to be in abundance. Right. You know, because, I mean, God makes it pretty clear here. All grace abound, not just a little, so that always, not just sometimes, having all sufficiency in everything, it's an abundant promise in and itself for abundance, for every good deed, because he wants us blessed to be a blessing. Yes, and this is why we use these two verses as our key verses during the series, talking about biblical finances. Um, you know, one of the things that we looked at at the end of last week is why are we talking about this? We had in Boomerang Church, we had at the beginning over 50% of our prayer requests were about finances. And, you know, as a pastor, as a shepherd, we wanted to see that number go down. We right. wanted to start seeing some of those people move into the place where they weren't always having to pray about their finances. Yeah. And we knew that God wanted to prosper them just like this verse talked about. That's right. But we needed to preach on that and teach on the Bible and teach on the Word so that people would grab a hold of that for themselves and then they would move into what the Lord had for them. So. When we, why I teach on this, we had four major points on that. Number one is God loves you. He loves you. And you see in this, in that third John uh, chapter one and verse two, it says, beloved, he's talking to anybody that will receive his love. And we can all step into that place by making Jesus our Lord. If he's the Lord of our life, if we're born again and we uh, get saved through Jesus, 
we're instantly in the, in the category. We're classified with God's children, and he wants to pour out his goodness. If there was a king, uh, we would find it really wrong if the king basically said, yeah, I have this son, but I'm never going to give him anything. Well, this is our king. Jesus is the king of kings. He's head and shoulders above every other king that ever has been, ever will be. And if we're a part of his family, he has a desire to love on us. And he says it in this verse, beloved, you know, those that I love, I pray that in all respects, you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers in all respects. And I want you to grow up as you grow up spiritually, as your soul prospers, I pray, uh, this is the Holy Spirit speaking. I pray that you will prosper in everything. What a great promise. I had, um, this is another one that I wanted to uh, show is Deuteronomy 29.9. In the New Living Translation, it says this, Deuteronomy 29.9. It shows us that God's covenant, that his promises to us are a promise of prosperity. Listen to what it says. Therefore, obey the terms of this covenant so that you will prosper, so that you will prosper in everything that you do. Obey the terms of this covenant, uh, obey the terms of this agreement between God and yourself. In other words, make Jesus the Lord of your life and you will prosper in everything that you do. This is a promise from God and God cannot lie. He's looking to get a prosperity and an abundance into people's lives. But a lot of times we've had people that have preached against that. They've uh, had somebody teach them that being poor was humble, that they equate. But true humility takes the word of God and applies the word of God into your life above what they think, what somebody thinks, uh, either ourselves or even somebody else. And so when we read these scriptures, we see that the Lord's trying to get his prosperity in us all the time. So why do we teach this? Number one is that God loves you. Uh, Two is God loves others. In that verse that you read, it said, it wanted he wanted to give us an abundance in every area at all times, abounding to everything, so that we would have an abundance for every good deed or for every good work. Mm-hmm. He's looking for the abundance to be put into the hands of the believers so that every good work and every good deed could happen. Right. Every deed that's in his plan uh, needs to happen, but it happens through the hands of the body of Christ. Well, if the hands of the body of Christ don't have what they need, if they're not in abundance, Mm -hmm. they're going to be lacking when it comes to all the good works that he wants us to do. The third thing why to teach this, the number one, God loves you. He loves us. He's not a respecter person. He loves you. Secondly, he loves other people. Third, poverty is a bondage. And that's what we're going to be talking about today is lack and poverty is a bondage. And then number four, the body of Christ, Christians, the global church, it is designed to rule and reign. This verse, Romans 5, 17, uh, says this. I'll just skip to the end of it. It says, uh, those that receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. So he's looking for us to step into the place of ruling and reigning when we receive all of the abundance that God has for us. So we teach this 
uh, because he loves you, he loves others, poverty is a bondage, and we're designed to rule and reign. And uh, so we invite you to continue going on this journey with us into biblical finances so that you can step out of lack, step out of poverty, step into the abundance that God wants for you. And it comes from simply putting God first, mm-hmm. knowing his word, humbling yourself to what God has said, and then applying those things in your life. And so let's look today at uh, basically debt and let's look at poverty. And one of the things before we even uh, jump into the scriptures on it, uh, let's look the ones that we have laid out. Let's look at this one scripture uh, in basically in the Lord's Prayer. It says that in the Lord's Prayer that we are to pray and we know that we are to pray in faith. It says, pray this way, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, I've never asked anybody, and I've searched the scriptures myself, but I've never asked anybody, is there lack in heaven? And they've told me yes. Right. Nobody that I've ever met has said, yeah, there's supposed to be lack in heaven. Mm -hmm. And yet, Jesus told us to pray that the will of the Father would be done on the earth as it is in heaven. So our first indicator is there's no lack in heaven. There's no poverty uh, in heaven. So our job is to pray this way that there will be no lack here on the earth either. And so we see right away where the heart of the Father is and where the will of the Father is. And you can attribute anything that's in heaven. We, Our job as ambassadors are to make the things in heaven manifest here on the earth. And as the body of Christ, we don't do that on our own. But through Jesus, our job is to pray and believe and see those things manifest. Now, I'll granted, I have known that for years. And when I first grabbed a hold of it, when we first grabbed a hold of it, We didn't walk in the manifestation of it. We had to learn. We had to learn about kingdom principles, about biblical finances in this area, about healing, the things that are in heaven. It took us some time to actually get these to manifest, but that was where we did not know what to do. But it wasn't because God didn't want to do it. We just had to learn to walk with God. And what we didn't realize was we were walking away from God more than we thought. You know. Well, and you know, there's the verse John ten ten that says, "I came that you have life yes. and have it in abundance." When we choose, and it's a choice, when we choose poverty over abundance, we are negating the purpose of Jesus. Yes, you yeah, know that's right. We are, and it's you can't look at these scriptures that we've read, especially Second um, Corinthians nine eight. Yeah, you know that. So you may have abundance in every good deed, and then the other one you read talking about where to reign in life. When you get those two, so much of the world says humility is walking in poverty. Yes. You know, it's the my four and no more. You know, I'm I'm good as long as I have just enough for my four and no more. Yes. Humility says I'm gonna do whatever the word of God tells me. Yes. Because pride says I'm not gonna have enough for every good deed because I'm only going to be concerned about my four and no more. Right. You know, and pride says I'm not going to reign in life because you know, here's the thing. As we reign in life, we are ambassadors yes. for the kingdom of God. This is why he wants us to reign in life. Not because he wants to put you way up here just so that you can look high and mighty. Right. He wants you to reign in life because you're an ambassador. And as you reign right. in his good things, 
you help bring other people up to his standards. Yes. You know, and yes. so it's it's important to understand that true humility says, well, my my God came so that I have a life in abundance. Yes. Who am I to negate his God ordained purpose? Yes. You know, yes. that's right. And, you know, I'm, we're not going to go over everything that we covered in the first one, but go back to uh, Biblical Finances Part 1. And what you see is that when we learn how to operate in using money for the purposes of God, it actually is like Christianity 101 because it, the faith and the principles that you learn concerning money uh, actually will then bleed over into every area uh, in the kingdom. And you will you can see how, I know when we first, uh, I'm not going to get into every detail, but go watch that about how money actually is God's Christianity 101 class. Yeah. And that's why we need to understand the things about finances. I know when we first uh, started moving into uh, ministering, one of the things that happened was we were not making very much and we had faith in other areas, but we were really struggling in our finances. Yeah. And so, you know, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. We started getting into some teaching on finances, seeing some of these promises that were in the word about abundance and about biblical finances. We started applying them and through that our faith for finances grew. Mm -hmm. But the other thing that happened was our faith for healing Everything. grew. Yeah. Everything grew. And we were able to apply the things that we learned about finances with healing, with prosperity, or um, not prosperity, but provi uh, provision, same thing. Uh, uh, protection. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> Deliverance. <another> <laughs> all of those. Yeah. Deliverance, restoration. We were able to apply uh, that faith and that uh, application of that faith into each area of salvation. And so it really is, you know, Christianity 101. And I, this year it's really stuck out to me even more right. just how strong that is. But he says it like this in Luke chapter 16, verse 10. He who is faithful in a little thing. So Jesus says here, he's talking about money and handling money according to the kingdom. And he says, look, if you will learn how to handle this little thing, he calls understanding money in this world a little thing, then I'll be able to give you the big things, the mm -hmm. true riches. And so he says, you need to learn this. You need to learn about this little thing. So that tells me as a Christian we need to grab a hold of you know biblical finances and learn how to apply them correctly and start walking in the abundance that God has for us, and that will open up the the stronger things in the kingdom. But you have a ton of Christians that don't know anything about biblical fi finances, and because of that, God can't put into their hands the big things of the kingdom because they haven't handled that little thing. Right. So let's look at what the Lord says about debt. And I think you'll see that it is not of God. He says in Matthew 6, 12, he says this, when you pray to the Father, pray this way, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. One of the things that the Lord is constantly doing in the anointing of God, if you look in uh, Luke chapter 4 and verse 18, Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me and has anointed me uh, basically to set 
the captive free, That's right. to bring freedom. He, he talks about people being healed. He talks about freedom coming. That was what the anointing does. It breaks the yoke of bondage and it sets the captive free. That was the anointing of Christ and it's still in effect to this day. So when Jesus, you see the anointing coming across in the prayer where the disciples said, teach us how to pray. He says, look, here's how I want you to pray. In other words, here's how I want the anointing to work in your life. Set the captive free. And he says it this way, forgive our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. In other words, you see people coming free in their finances. And he's saying, he says, look, there's an anointing to break yokes, to break bondages, and that anointing will release you from your debt. So he's equating debt to a bondage. Yeah. Well, when we start to see that, we start to understand that this world has told us I remember one time we were uh, buying a car, and I don't know if it was before we met or not, but I went in to buy a car, and I owed no money to anybody. I think I owed like $200 on a credit mm -hmm. card. You know, oh, those were the days. Glory <laughs> to God. You know, I think I owed $200. I, I probably thought that was a bunch of money then, too, you know. <laughs> and uh, I was like, man, if only I could owe 200 today, that'd be awesome. Uh, the Lord is getting us out of debt. That's right. And um, actually, in the church... In the last 11 months, we've seen over $900,000 of debt be supernaturally erased. So glory to Praise God. That's God. awesome. We're in that line. But I remember sitting in there and um, I was trying to buy a car and I was buying it on, on debt. And they told me, they said, you don't have enough debt. I was like, I know. I don't have hardly any debt. They're like, well, you, you don't, don't have, have enough. enough to buy this car. I yeah. said, what are you talking about? I don't owe anybody anything. They said, I know. You need to have more debt to show that you're a, you pay well. And I was like, what kind of sense does that make? That makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> but that's the world, the world system, system. Yeah. right? That's the world system. They were saying your credit is horrible because you don't owe anybody. Yeah. And I to went, prove you're a good steward, yeah. you need to have debt. I was like, Not oh, a good money. <laughs> steward means I, I, everything's paid off and I got money in the bank. Now, I didn't have money in the bank, but I did have everything pretty much <laughs> paid off at that time. And, uh, but that's how the world, it shifts this thinking. And that's where he says you can't serve God and mammon. Right. That is exactly what I'm talking about. Mammon is the world's way of doing business, the world's financial system. And mammon basically will hold you in that place. So you can see what the world was trying to get me to do in order to be a good citizen, according to their standards, and is to have more debt and, and not to have good credit. Well, the credit system basically was working against me. If, if I go into more debt, then I have more to pay. I'm paying somebody else. I'm not keeping that interest. Right. I may have more to show for it up front, but in the end, I do not have more. And also, it says, we're going to read it in a second, but it basically says that uh, if you owe something, you are slave to the lender. The borrower is slave to the lender. So that means that you honestly, if, who, who then am I working for, you know, eight to five Monday through Friday? Right. I'm working yourself. for that bank. Right. Well, now what happens if I don't go to work? Well, I, that bank comes and get, I become a slave to the lender. 
But over in Deuteronomy in chapter 28, it says in the blessings, mm -hmm. he said that you will be the lender and not the borrower. He says, I desire that you are, you're the lender, not the borrower. And that's the blessing of God for every believer. He wants us to be in the position where we are the one not borrowing, right. but we're actually doing the lending. Yeah. And one of the things we've talked about a lot at church is this, is that shows that promise right there, the old covenant promise and blessing, which is still a great blessing. Yes. But even in the old covenant, it says this, if, if we have just enough, say that, you know, this much is how much I'm paying uh, for my bills each month. If I only have enough to cover my bills each month, do I have any left over to lend to anybody? No. So in order for me to be the lender, I have to have abundance. So even according to that old covenant blessing, I must be moving in abundance in order to be the lender. That's right. I can't be the lender without being in abundance. And he's showing if we're going to be the lender and not the bar, then I'm out of debt. I'm not under that bondage. Debt is a bondage. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, Romans 13.8, uh, you want to read that? Sure. It says, Owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. For he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. So you have Jesus telling us to pray. Right. Debts be released. Then you have here again the Holy Spirit speaking and saying, don't, don't owe, owe anybody anything. anything. Yeah. And then Proverbs 22, 7. I've got that one too. It says Good. the rich rules over the poor and the borrower becomes the lender slave. So Jesus came to set us free. And the bar, by, by barring and being in debt, it puts us in the position of a slave. That doesn't sound like freedom mm -mm. to me. And so here you see it again. Lord, forgive us our debts. Get us out of debt. Right. Get us out of bondage. Bring freedom. Don't owe anybody anything but to love them. Mm -hmm. And now the rich rules over the poor and the bar becomes the lender's slave. So anybody who's barring, they become slave to the lender. Now, then you see in Deuteronomy 15, verse 1 through 2, it says, At the end of every seven years you shall grant a remission of debts. This is the manner of remission. Every creditor shall release what he has loaned to his neighbor. He shall not exact it of his neighbor and his brother because the Lord's remission has been proclaimed. In other words, the Lord is in people being released yes. from their debts. So you see the heart and the character and the nature of the Father is for us not to be in debt and not to be in bondage. All right, now let's look at this. This is uh, 2 Kings 4, okay. verse 1 through 7. And this is interesting. There's a couple of points here that are very interesting, but uh, go ahead. Okay, it says, Now a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slaves. Elisha said to her... Okay, so right there, before we even go any further, what you see is because of their debt... Right. Here, here they are doing exactly what the Word said. They are becoming slave to the lender. Yeah. And not only that, she's about to have her children taken away... Uh, as slaves. Right. You see it again where it's a bondage. All right. Elisha said to her, 
What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, Your maid servant has nothing in the house except for a jar of oil. Then he said, Go borrow vessels at large for yourself from all of your neighbors, even empty vessels. Do not get a few. All right. Now, right here is one of the one places in, in the Word where it actually shows uh, where the Lord himself says through the prophet, go borrow something. All right. Now, if you have the word from the Lord with confirmation, you know, you've got, you've run it. If you're married, you and your spouse both, both agree. You've taken it by your pastor and you believe that the Lord has told you to go borrow. That's the only way because he's got a way of it being paid off quickly. Right. But he's not going to keep you in that place of bondage. He's not going to keep you in that place of debt. So here you can see where the Lord may have you do something for a short period of time, but this happens incredibly rarely across right. the whole word, and it's not something that we should take as normal, but if he does, there is, um, I would say it's not 100% absolute. There is a place where God will say, borrow this at this place, right? But you need to hear from God. Don't yeah. just assume it because it makes good business sense. Basically, across the word, he says, "Don't owe no." He says, "Owe no man anything." Yeah. If he says it directly like this, that can be a different situation. I know of a minister that the Lord told to go uh, purchase or borrow something for a building. In just a couple years, it was completely paid off, and he had heard correctly. Right. But for the most part, that's not the way the Lord does business. Most of the time, he he uh, has you actually believe in him to not go into debt. And our society, we have to understand that our society's heading this way towards debt, and God's has us heading this way away from debt, and we have to make sure that we understand the natural place for the society will be pulling us that way, whereas God's saying go this way. Mm -hmm. So in order for us to turn around and go towards debt, you better have an incredibly strong word from the Lord before you do that. That's not normally going to be the case, but every now and then it will be right like this lady here. Right. All right. But there's a key why it worked, too. We'll talk about it in a second. And you shall go in, this is verse 4, and you shall go in and shut the door behind you and your sons and pour out into all these vessels, and you shall set aside what is full. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They were bringing the vessels to her, and she poured. When the vessels were full, full she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, There is not one vessel more. And the oil stopped. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your sons can live on the rest. Amen. So one of the things that we see here is that when she was obedient, as much as she was obedient, she moved into abundance. Amen. The reason why it was okay for her to borrow was, one, she had the word of the Lord. Two, the prophet said to her, what do you have? Mm -hmm. In other words, he moved her over into the place of sowing and then reaping. Yes. She was willing to give up what she had at the command of the Lord, and that opened up the immediate blessing of God. And that's the thing that will break us out into the abundance that God has for us. The main verse that we talked about, 
2 Corinthians 9, 8, mm-hmm. it is surrounded right there. Moving us to abundance is surrounded by seed time and harvest, yes. sowing over and above the tithe and giving into the kingdom. And then that opens up the door. That's the same thing that this lady did here too as well. Yeah. So why are we here? Why are we teaching it? God loves you. He wants you to be out of debt and in abundance. He loves others. He, debt is a bondage, and we want to advance the kingdom mm-hmm. of God. Now, debt, for the most part, all across the world, is not the plan of God. That's that right. is not the way he's taken you to freedom. He's not taken you to debt. He's taken you to breaking every yoke by the anointing of Christ. Now, right now, today, if you'd like to start moving into that, just pray this with us right now. Just say, Father. Father. Right now, now, I receive Jesus Jesus as my Lord Lord and the Savior of my life. life. He's the director of my life. He calls the shots, and I'm obedient. obedient. He's also my Savior. savior. He saves me from debt. He He releases me from bondage. bondage. His anointing sets me free. free. I believe that he took my sins on him, him. and I believe that God brought him back to life and raised me up with and him. Raise me up with in him. In Jesus name. Jesus name. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with us, send us a note. Go to connectionshow.org. Listen to this message again. Get it on the inside of you so that as you're going through life, your mind has been renewed. You have a mind set on his word and you will start to walk out of debt and into abundance, the fullness of God's life for you. We're praying for you. Lord, bless them today. In Jesus' name, set them free. Amen. Amen. Have a great week. Bye-bye. We love you. Thank you for joining Brian and Nicole for this week's broadcast. Connection is all about connecting you more intimately with Jesus, where you can find true joy and really live. Contact us or watch more shows online at connectionshow.org. We love you. Have a great week.